story seventeen of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story seventeen tom chafflin's luck luck why i never seed anything like it you might give him the sweepings of a saloon to wash and he'd pan out a nugget every time do it as sure as shootin this rather emphatic speech proceeded one day from the lips of cairo jake an industrious washer of the golden sands of california but it was evident to all intelligent observers that even language so strong as to seem almost figurative did not fully express cairo jack's conviction for he shook his head so positively that his hat fell off into the stream which found a level only an inch or two below jacob's boot-tops and he stamped his right foot so vigorously as to endanger his equilibrium well cited a discontented miner from new jersey providence knows his own business best i suppose but i could have found him a feller that could have made a darn sight better use as good luck if he'd had any than tom chafflin he don't know nothing about the worth of money never seed him drunk in my life and he don't seem to get no fun out of cards providence have a season's job of satisfying you old red bank replied cairo jack but it's all fired queer for all that if a fellow could only learn how he done it twouldn't seem so funny but it don't seem to have no way in particular about him that a feller can find out fact said red bank with a solemn groan i've studied his face why if i'd studied half as hard at school i'd be a president or a missionary or something now but i don't make it out once i lowed twas cause he don't keer and was kind of reckless sort of went it blind so i tried it on a playin monte well how did it work asked the gentleman from cairo work echoed the jerseyman with the air of an unsuccessful candidate musing over the saddest words of thought or pen i started with thirteen ounces and in twenty minutes i was borrowing the price of a drink from the dealer that's how it worked certain other miners looked sorrowful it was evident that they too had been reckless and had trusted to luck and that in a place where gold digging and gambling were the only two means of proving the correctness of their theory it was not difficult to imagine by which one they were disappointed long and short of it's just this resumed cairo jack straightening himself for a moment and picking some coarse gravel from his pan tom chafflin's always in luck his claim pays better than anybody else's he always gets the lucky number in a raffle his shovel don't never break and his chimbley ain't always a-catchin a fire he's gone down to frisco now and i'll bet a dozen ounces that just cause he's aboard the old boat'll go down and back without runnin aground a solitary durn time no one took up cairo jack's bet so that it was evident he uttered the general sentiment of the mining camp of quicksilver bar every man in the temporary silence which followed jake's summary again bent industriously over his pan until the scene suggested an amateur water-cure establishment returning thanks for basins of gruel when suddenly the whole line was startled into suspension of labour by the appearance of london george who was waving his hat with one hand and a red silk handkerchief with the other while with his left foot he was performing certain pas not necessary to successful pedestrianism quicksilver boy up to snuff oh no ain't a catchin up with frisco not at all little chestnut don't know how to run a saloon and make others shop sweep 
not in the least not at all oh no huh inquired half a dozen don't believe me if you don't want to but just bet against it for you go to see that's all continued london george fanning himself with his hat george said judge baggs with considerable asperity if you are an englishman try to speak your native tongue and explain what you mean by actin as if you's just broke out of a lunatic asylum speak quick or i'll find you drinks for the crowd just as leave you would remarked the unabashed briton seeing a seeing chestnut's got a female a woman a lady cashier there guess them san francisco saloons ain't the only ones that knows what's what not any i don't believe a word of it said the judge washing his hands rather hastily but i'll just see for myself cairo jack looked thoughtfully on the retreating form of the judge and remarked he'll feel ashamed of hisself when he gets there and finds he'll have to drink alone reckon i'll go up just to keep him from feeling bad several others seemed impressed by the same idea and moved quite briskly in the direction of chestnut saloon the judge protected by his age and a pair of green spectacles boldly entered while his followers dispersed themselves sheepishly just outside the open door past which they marched and remarched as industriously as a lot of special sentries there was no doubt about it chestnut had installed a lady at the end of the bar and as between breakfast and dinner there was but little business done at the saloon the lady was amusing herself by weighing corks and pebbles in the tiny scales which were to weigh the metallic equivalent for refreshments the judge contemplated the arrangements with considerable satisfaction and immediately called up all thirsty souls present those outside the door entered with the caution of veterans in an enemy's country and with a bashfulness that was painful to contemplate they stood before the bar they glanced cautiously to the right and gently inclined their heads backward until only a line of eyes and noses were visible from the cashier's desk then the judge raised his green glasses a moment and smiled benignantly on the new cashier as he raised his liquor aloft then he turned to his party and they drank the toast as solemnly as if they were the soldiers of miles standish fortifying the inner man against fear of the pequods then they separated into small groups and conversed gravely on subjects in which they had not the slightest interest while each one pretended not to look toward the cashier and each one saw what the others were earnestly striving to do but when the judge settled the score and chatted for several minutes with the receiver of treasure and the lady young and rather pretty and quite pleasant and modest and business-like laughed merrily at something the judge said an idea gradually dawned upon the bystanders and within a few moments the boys feverishly awaited their chances to treat the crowd for the sole purpose of having an excuse to speak to the new cashier and to stand within three feet of her for about the space of a minute great was the excitement on the creek when the party returned and testified to the entire accuracy of london george's report every one went to the saloon that night there had been some games arranged to take place at certain huts but they were postponed by mutual consent 
even the domine an ex-preacher who had never yet set foot upon the profane floor of the saloon appeared there that evening in search of some one so exceeding hard to find that the domine was compelled to make several tours of all the tables and benches in the room chestnut himself when questioned said she had come by the way of the isthmus with her father and mother who had both died of the chagres fever before reaching san francisco that some friends of her family and his had been trying to get her something to do in frisco and that he had engaged her at an ounce a day and furthermore that he would be greatly obliged if the boys at quicksilver wouldn't marry her before she had worked out her passage money from frisco which he had advanced but the boys at quicksilver were not so thoughtful of chestnut's interests as they might have been they began to buy blacking and neckties and white shirts and to patronize the barber no one had any opportunity for love-making for the ladies working hours were all spent in public and in a business which caused frequent interruptions of even the most agreeable conversation it soon became understood that certain men had proposed and been declined and betting on who would finally capture the lady was the most popular excitement in camp cool-headed betting men watched closely the countenance of sunrise as some effusive miner had named the new cashier as each man approached to pay in his coin or dust and though they were intensely disgusted by its revelations they unhesitatingly offered two to one that domine would be the fortunate man to be sure she saw less of the domine than of any one else for though he did not drink or pay for the liquor consumed by any one else he occasionally came in to get a large coin changed and then it was noticed that sunrise regarded him with a sort of earnestness which she never exhibited toward any one else too bad sighed cairo jack somebody ought to tell her that he's only a preacher and she'll only throw herself away if she takes him if any stranger was to insult her domine wouldn't be man enough to draw on him beats thunder though sighed red bank how them preachers can take folks in thar's chestnut himself he's took with domine stead of ordered him out he talks with him and her just as if he'd as leave get rid of her as not boats a comin shouted cairo jack looking toward the place half a mile below where the creek emptied into the river see her smoke like nuff tom chafflin on board he was a-goin to try to come back by the first boat and of course he's done it jest his luck if he'd only come sooner somebody besides the preacher would have got her you can just bet your bottom ounce on it let's go down and see if he's got any news several miners dropped tools and pans and followed jake to the landing and gave a hearty welcome to tom chafflin he certainly looked like anything but a lucky man he was good-looking and seemed smart but his face wore a dismal expression which seemed decidedly out of place on the countenance of a habitually lucky man things ain't gone right tom asked cairo jack never went worse declared tom gloomily guess i'll sell out and try my luck somewheres else ef you'd only come a little sooner sighed jake you'd have had a chance that would have made everything seem to go right till judgment day i'll show you jake opened the saloon door and there sat sunrise as bright modest and pleasant-looking as ever with the air of a man who has conferred a great benefit and is calmly awaiting his rightful reward jake turned to tom 
but his expression speedily changed to one of hopeless wonder and then to one of delight as tom chafflin walked rapidly up to the cashier's desk pushed the domini one side and the little scales the other and gave sunrise several very hearty kisses to which the lady didn't make the slightest objection in fact she blushed deeply and seemed very happy that's what i went to frisco to look for explained tom to the staring bystander but i couldn't find out a word about her don't wonder yer looked glum then said cairo jack but but it's just your luck dominie here was going down to hurry you back said sunrise but but we'll give him a different job now my dear said tom completing the sentence and they did end of story seventeen